Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jaminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking about gaslighting with individuals from different backgrounds, identities, and life experiences. We'll talk about how the experience of psychological and emotional abuse can look different for every relationship. And like always, the focus will be on our journey to healing and finding support. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, I just want to give you a little heads up. We may be talking about some really hard things, so I want you to take heed and take care of yourself if that means stepping away from an episode, if that means taking notes and looking back at things later, please do whatever you need to do for yourself. I want to shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist or counselor. They have hundreds, hundreds of licensed counselors and you can connect with one within 24 hours. Cognitive therapies have been proven to be the leading, most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially for crisis situations. But online therapy is also a very affordable and fabulous option. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if it doesn't feel right, you can dump them and get a new therapist within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging, and it's available for desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com queen, and that's betterhelp.com q-u-e-e-n to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. So I am excited to have this human across from me. Oh my gosh. They brought their own intro. Wow. <laughs> my own theme song. <laughs> Can you tell us your name and pronouns, human with an intro? Yes, Miles Aaron McKenna, and I'm he, him. Yeah. So I'm excited to have this human across from me just because there's such, um, such a story to be told and shared. And I love giving people the platform to share their stories and just tell us whatever they want, like undirected, unfiltered. You could curse if your heart desires. I don't know. I just want to support it. Um, And so I'm going to ask you the same question that I've started asking everyone in this season. What is gaslighting to you? Whoa. Uh, Gaslighting is something that I, I, it's a recent term that I heard of. And I remember when I heard it, I was like, oh, there's a word for that. Like I would just, I have, I felt that but I just like didn't know, like I was allowed to, um, cause I guess I've been gaslit. But for what I was told was it's sort of like when you come to someone that you're around or you love or whatever, and you're like, Hey, it hurts me when you do this. And their response is, well, it hurts me when you, when you tell me how much I hurt you all the time. And then you end up apologizing. And it's like, well, what? What? <laughs> what What? was that? You walk away confused. Yeah. So is that, am I right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I've, that's what I've heard. And I was like, I felt that in many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's why we're here to talk about it. What's up? This um, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so like, why do you think your story, your perspective, your voice needs to be heard? Well, so uh, I'm transgender. So I guess I've had a, a pretty unique experience, um, especially on the ride here. I was thinking about, you know, gaslighting and from a transgender experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like 
uh, people who've had a transgender experience sort of feel stunted in a lot of different ways, maybe like with relationships or like physically um, with like puberty or whatever. But I think that we're also very evolved like emotionally and mentally because I think at an earlier age than other people, you really have to figure out yourself and, you know, what you want, how to get there, who you are. So then in turn, you really start figuring out, okay, who do you want around you? Um, and then that's where, you know, you start being more, I think, emotionally developed where it's like, okay, I'm having to bear my soul to like really close people to me yeah. and people are either going to accept me or not. So then it's like, I get to choose, okay, like who do I want to be around? Um, so then I think you start kind of sensing the bullshit earlier <laughs> yeah, and being like, hopefully. oh, yeah. I mean, that's the goal to be able to like, I like you, you're good for me, you're unsafe, get the fuck out. Kind of yeah, thing. you start to really like figure it out because like at an early age, you have to be like, this is me and you start facing like criticism where like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think majority of our lives, you know, at least at least for me, um, you know, majority of my life, I've been a child, I've been in school and like the people I was friends with just happened to be in class with me and like sit next to me. So of course we're going to be friends and now it's I'm at this point where it's like, okay, I'm making my own life. I'm creating my own chosen family. I'm creating my own spaces. Mm -hmm. So I get to fill that with people that I deem worthy of being around me Mm -hmm. and like vice versa. So it's a strange thing of like figuring out how to make friends and like be an adult about it, you know? Yeah. And and you brought up um, you being transgender. Do you think or like have you experienced um, gaslighting like as you've had to come out like with your friends and family yeah oh for sure and I think you know it that really carried into also my adult life because I think a lot of the I guess abuse or just like the negativities that surrounded me at a young age I sort of tried to seek that out in other people so like whatever like I don't know like the things that like my father for example would like Mm -hmm. say to me were similar things that like then future relationships would say to me and it's like oh it felt comfortable like Mm, being in this same sort of abuse could you give an example um yeah I mean just like I think like something with uh with my experience is like my folks um you know really had an idea of who I would be and when I didn't fit that mold they really tried to change that I think a lot of my teen years was you know not accepting that I didn't want to wear a dress or I didn't want to you know do this or I didn't want to you know whatever um but it was very much like like buying me dresses like really being vocal and like pushing me into certain directions like why don't you do this why don't you do that um, and then when I got older too, uh, and coming out in relationships was very much like pushing me into doing certain things or not. Uh, so it's like, I don't know, like uh, getting with people that didn't like me for me, but like the idea of it, I think that's like a big thing, but for gaslighting, uh, your question, uh, for gaslighting in, in, uh, while coming out, I definitely think I felt that. Um, I remember like as a teenager, I like left my house when I was like 18, 19, but I was never like kicked out per se. It was like, <laughs> I was heard, you know, I was told like, you know, um, you're not like, uh, what, what is it? Hold on. I'm losing my train of thought. Cut no, this shit out. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, I remember like, uh, I was never kicked out per se, but like my dad would be like, you know, you're lucky that we don't kick you out. Or like if another parent found out their kid, uh, was a faggot, they'd be on the street. Like, you're mm-hmm. lucky. You know, if you don't like the way we treat you, like, the door's right there, the door's right there. So I was always told, because they knew I wouldn't leave, because, like, I didn't have, like, the money to, or, like, where would I go? Yeah. So it was stuff like that where I would feel like, okay, well, I should be appreciative. Like, I should be, like, happy that they're letting me stay here. Like, well, okay, well, I guess, I guess they're right, because, you know, I, it could be worse, which, like, that's fucked up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, like... It's abuse of power. Yeah, shit wasn't right. So... Yeah, and, and to be able to step back now and be like oh shit like looking back into your life Mm -hmm. um and i know you and i have had conversations like about 
how you've had to like come out a few times. Yeah. You're like, here I am. Oh, wait. And then here I am. Like, you're just like an evolving butterfly over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, at an early age, uh, before I was able to put words to how I felt, I was just being me. So like really like early stages, like, I don't know, on like all boys, like soccer teams or like, you know, it's like co-ed, but like I was the only like, you know, quote unquote girl who like wanted to do this, wanted to do that. Like I was always like, I don't know, elementary school, we had uniforms and like I in kindergarten was like, I will not wear the girls uniforms. Like I was one, one of the only girls who was wearing like the guys uniforms. And it was like all okay when I was a kid. Cause it's like, well, I'm sporty. Like I'm the tomboy. <laughs> like this is okay. Until you get a little older, then it's like, okay, well we got to like, you know, we got to push this shit up like there's you know like yeah. we can't um did you feel yeah. safer doing that no I mean I it, it was always really I, it was really difficult for me I think uh like getting into middle school all of a sudden things weren't okay and it was like I wasn't okay and uh you know people started looking at me different like people close to me started looking at me different and then it's like okay well I guess I have to wear my hair down like I have to wear a dress I got to do these things because like that's what everyone else is telling me and I didn't really know any different because it's like I didn't know anyone who was transgender and like I started finding that world on the internet but it was really scary you know like rejecting everything that like everyone knows about you it's that norm that you yeah been, like in and you're young so yeah. like while you're going through you're like this is what I know that's what I know and who I am but I don't know it yet yeah yeah so it's like you know the the one thing I could really test was that I liked girls like you know I kissed a girl I hold a girl's hand loved it so it's like I was able to come out with that which didn't go well like my first coming out experience of saying that I like girls did not go well so I remember literally thinking well shit I can never figure out my gender identity because this didn't go well and I don't want to do this shit again yeah. so you know uh and then you know moving out of that house and then start dating and also dating in like the quote-unquote like lesbian world then it's like a whole nother like just I don't know a whole nother group of just insecurities and of like I can't figure out myself because everyone else sees me as one thing doesn't want to see me as anything else and it's scary to break out of that it's like you put yourself in these boxes and you feel like comfort from like what other people are saying to you and like I don't know compliments like people would compliment me about things that I didn't like about myself so it's like okay well you know, you can't cut your hair because everyone says how pretty your hair is. So I can't cut it because hmm. then, you know, then, then what will everyone say? So it's just like weird little things like that. That's, it's a learned thing. You know, I think if, if at an early age, it was like the things you know, your parents say to you, like you can be whoever you want to be, like be you. If that was like real, then like I would never have had so much trauma because I was already doing it. It wasn't until I was told you can't do it. So because you just brought it up and I was going to ask you anyway, like, did you feel like you were experiencing trauma when you were younger when it was happening or you were just like this is it this is where we're at yeah no I mean I never questioned anything I mean I grew up as an only child so I didn't really have any other kids to bounce things off of until I was in high school that you know I started making friends that were queer and were trans and like we're doing things and I'm just like that I'm like that that so like <laughs> I want that yeah like you like on a basic level like you know being perceived as a girl and like not shaving my leg hair like that was a huge thing in my house that was a huge thing in Orange County really? yeah like that was a thing and then I remember making friends with people who you know were girls and didn't shave their leg hair and I was like they didn't give a fuck and I was like that's <laughs> just on a basic like easy shit like that I was like I don't see why everyone's so mad at what I'm doing with my life and my body like I don't get it even down to like tattoos I always wanted tattoos and then I was like told you know well if you're my son you could have tattoos but like it looks trashy on girls like straight up shit like that and I'm like that's bullshit you <laughs> yeah. know like just that's so weird like yeah. let me just do what I want to do and I think like that's like the basic like that's one of the big lessons I think I learned from all of this it's like 
do what you want to do. Just do it because there will always be people who support you. There will always be people who won't because even after, you know, like I transitioned, I started like doing what I wanted to do, saying what I want to say, you know, performing the way I wanted to perform just in my life. Um, you know, people didn't like it, but I'm like, people didn't like me before when I was doing shit that other people liked. So it's like, who, this is all very confusing. I just want to do what I want. As long as I like me at the end of the day, then like, we're good. Yeah. So I know you, you did some of your transitioning while you've blown up to be this cute little YouTube celeb across from me. Oh shit. (laughs) Um, and like, what was that like? Like having strangers just throwing fucking opinions at you every day. Well, I mean, so before when I came out as like Miles, uh, a lot of shit was popping in my uh, like work life where I was just getting ready to like go on my first tour and I was going to like 18 cities in America to like meet people uh, and like do like an, an hour long like onstage performance, like meet and greets, like the whole nine. And I was just starting. I just finished like the first season of this like internet series that I did called Hella Gay, where I was like talking to different people in like the queer and trans space and like whatever. So I was already working in this world out as like a queer person, but you know, I was still figuring out my gender identity and like two really big major things in my life were about to happen and have my name attached to it. And I remember like that was kind of at the point where I started shedding layers of people who no longer fit me and like I knew didn't see me as me. I started really being in my power from like working in a queer world and like seeing people from many different like walks of life and like, mm-hmm. you know, and like talking to them and like hearing their experiences, it really like got me to be like, I gotta, I gotta do it. I have to like do me fully. So like, I have to figure out what that is. Um, and you know, a lot of stuff is about to happen for me. And I was like scared to come out because I'm like, okay, well I can't, how am I going to like be out here? Like, you know, yeah. but I don't know. It was this weird dichotomy of like, how am I going to go on stage and be like, this is me. And like, talk to kids about being themselves if I'm not being fully me, but also like, it's just, it's scary to make that leap. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah. I made that leap and it was like, everyone was very, very supportive. Um, there were people who weren't, but the majority was like very, very supportive. And I also, this was me coming out after already leaving my folks house. So, and I was already in my power where I'm like, if you do not fit me, if you are not good to me, I don't need you around me right now. Like I can just, I can choose who I want to be in my vicinity and in my world. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt like physically or emotionally or like mentally unsafe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I was someone who was very dependent on my family for like not only like monetary things, but like for like love and like my well-being because I grew up as an only child. Uh, And I think that mentality never really left me. So even after, you know, I really gravitate towards certain people, whether it be platonic or romantic, I really like latch on. And sometimes it's not the best. You know, I think with coming out, it was really scary because it's like, okay, well, will these people leave me? I think that's one big reason why I never came out. Uh, I didn't come out soon enough. I think that's, that's something that has really held me back is like, are these people that love me going to leave me? Cause I can't be alone. So it's like, you know, a scary thing. And you're still like working on this. It sounds like. Yeah, oh, for sure. I think, you know, I don't know. I think with every, uh, with every year that goes by and like with every person that comes and goes from your life, you, you learn more and you get more notches on your belt and like you become a stronger version of you. Yeah. And I think I'm still trying to figure that out. I think I'm, from what I've heard from other people, it's like, that's pretty much your 20s. It's like, I mean, it is. Yeah. The 20s is definitely a, hey, I'll fuck that up playground. But yeah. And then you get to your 30s and you're like, 
no, I still fuck up a little bit, but like you're able to like acknowledge and see it, which it kind of sounds like you're already doing. Like you, do you think you're able to recognize when you're being gaslit right now? Yeah, I think I think I've become incredibly self-aware from having to go through different forms of trauma from like a young age and like having to like figure it out. Like when I first came out, it was like drastic. It was like night and day a month or two after like my parents were like, we're moving. And like I was always a part of the moving process like my entire life. And this time it was like I didn't get to like help pick the house. I didn't get to help like pick my rooms. It's like, okay, we're moving. You know, uh, we moved to this new house and like normally like there's pictures of me everywhere. Like I'm an only child. There's pictures of me from like. You're like, in- who else you going to put up? Yeah, it's everywhere. Just me. <laughs> everywhere. Like there's like always like 50 plus like, you know, pictures and frames. Like literally there was like, there's always like a hallway full of like a picture of me from every single year I've been alive. Oh, your like, parents were dedicated. Yeah, like holding photos. my dad's hand. Like, yeah, crazy shit like that. Um, And the moment like I come out, all the pictures are off the wall. Mm. can't be found anywhere like I remember trying to like make a video like months after I came out of like whatever like whatever just like of of me like needing pictures of me when I was a kid and asking my mom like where are like all the pictures of me <laughs> and she's like I don't know it's like okay how'd that feel like terrible it was like okay like I no one cares but it's fine um you know I think when I first came out I went through this phase of like I'm fine I'm gonna do me like I'm good you know like it's it's fine I kind of had this really big front um until I really needed, I guess, my family. And I really started, you know, I don't know, all that energy kind of like dissipated. And it's like, whoa, this like, this sucks. And I need to, you know, I need to plant roots in myself. And then, you know, from that grow like my own chosen family and, you know, figure it out. So, you know, I ended up just like packing up my car full of like everything I owned. I donated majority of it uh to goodwill and like i just took what i could fit in my trunks and it would like break into my car and i left and you know, i'd never been back since that is a leap yeah that is a run a yeah. jump in yeah. a hope a bitch lands yeah <laughs> um so what like how have you found like support like have you seeked out any like groups or your platform or therapists like what does support look like for you well i think the the one thing that really saved me was being open because that was something that I thought I was like a really open person but looking back it's like I wasn't there was a lot of nights that I I slept in my car because I wasn't able to go back home and it's like I could have gone to friends houses like I could have called someone but like I didn't out of like whatever like shame or just like not wanting to be a burden like is real yeah definition time y'all shame The experience of shame, a feeling of being unworthy, bad, or wrong, can be extremely uncomfortable. Shame has the potential to change the way we see ourselves and may lead to long-lasting social, professional, and sexual difficulties. Shame involves negative feelings about oneself, and although a person can be shamed by peers or society in general, shame can also be experienced secretly. Unresolved shame can lead to feelings of depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. Living with shame, regardless of the shame source, can be lonely and demoralizing experience. Yeah, like I yeah. remember there's a lot of nights like I would sleep like in my car in my friend's neighborhood because I knew it was like safe and I knew the area, but I wouldn't like tell them, you know, like people didn't know. Um, 
and then you know it was the one night that I literally decided I was like I am leaving and I didn't know like where I was gonna go but I was looking up like different like homeless like youth centers and like I was looking up uh like 24-hour fitness like um yeah. uh what do you call it like a memberships uh so yeah. I, I knew I could shower so you there the shower and have some art at yeah like I was literally like I was doing the whole night and it was literally when I was looking this stuff up it was like middle of the night I get, a, I get a call from uh, one of our mutual friends, Stevie Bobby, who I didn't even know that well. Like, I had met her a few months before at a YouTube thing. And this wasn't even, like, YouTube wasn't my job. Like, I had maybe, like, 20,000 subscribers. Just 20,000. I got 20. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow me. I don't post, though. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, it, it was like, uh, we were talking one night, and I know she was looking for someone to, like, be your assistant or like something and like we both jived we both knew each other from the internet world and she called me like literally when I was like making this decision and was just like hey I was thinking about you I just want to know if you were okay she like had a weird feeling Mm -hmm. and it was like divine timing like that and I literally had not opened up to anyone and I just like no I'm I'm not okay I'm literally not okay I don't know where I'm gonna live like I just I'm trying to figure shit out like I can't do this anymore um because it was just not I don't know. It was just like this. I'm at this point where it's like people that used to love me and take care of me look at me like I'm different. And all I'm trying to do is just be the most me and be authentic. And that was the hardest thing, like walking down the stairs and just being looked at different. Yeah, it was just it was just weird. Um, and she was like, you know, you can sleep on my couch and my roommates moving out in the next month and then you can have a room if, if you if you need it. Like you literally have a place here. So I just like did it. And I was like, OK. And, um, you know, it happened to work out because then within like two, three months, like YouTube was a job. And, you know, and then it was like, you know, from the support of, of her and of, of, you know, opening up to someone. And it was someone who was, you know, in the line of work I wanted to be in and someone who was like queer and had been out, had been through their own, you know, drama and their own shit. And it's like learning from that. I really like was able to soak in a lot of stuff that I was able to use, like not even just for like business wise of like seeing someone working and do something that I want to do in this industry, but like how they cope with shit, how they dated, how they, you know, I'd never, you know, had a, like a relationship, like a queer relationship at that point that wasn't like in secret. So mm. it was cool seeing someone who was like out and like living with their girlfriend. And I was like, that's nuts. You know, <laughs> you're like, I'm here. This is it. Yeah. It was crazy. And you know, it was really sad. Like I remember the, the hardest thing was not, um, you know, driving back in the middle of the night to my folks house. Cause I missed my room. And it was like how much I wanted to leave that place, like how much that place didn't feel like mine, like how much I didn't feel like recognized or seen, like it was all I knew. So in the middle of the night, I would just cry and I was like, I, I want to, I, I want to go back, but I just didn't. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause there's still that sense of like who you are and like that safe space, like that was still your room. Yeah. But then like the whole thing wasn't you anymore. So like, how did it feel to be in that point of your life to be like, this is shitty but I've kind of outgrown that and I'm scared to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a really big turning point for me because, you know, in the midst of having moved into like a house that didn't feel like I was welcome and like I came out, but like it, it didn't go well. So I was kind of like, okay, well I've already been doing me, but just no one knew. So now everyone knows, but they're not okay with it. So I kind of don't know, like, do I go further in the closet or do I just say, fuck it? And like, kick that door open. Yeah. Am I just, yeah. And like, so, (laughs) you know, it was just kind of like this weird thing. Um, you know, I started, uh, self-harming at this point and like shit wasn't okay. Like I was not good. I was trying to find any way to cope. I started smoking. 
and like I was like you know underage drinking with my friends like I was really just like trying to find anything to like make me feel I guess different like I don't know um, kind of like but, numbing yeah but there was there was a moment where I remember I was sitting in my bathroom and I was like crying and I was like self-harming and it like wasn't okay and I remember thinking like whoa it's I don't know I think how do I word this? I remember thinking something that it wasn't like, it wasn't my fault that like this was happening. It was like, this was like, you know, this and that person's doing like, you know, like it sucks that this is happening to me. I remember thinking, whoa, I'm doing the same thing uh, to my parents that my parents are doing to me. Like I'm using my parents as a scapegoat. Mm, that's to, deep. To hurt myself. I'm like, yeah. you know, like, sure. Like, you know, like, sure these circumstances you know pushed me to this point but it's like not really no one told me to do this no one put this in my hand this is all me you know and just as like i'm using them as a scapegoat as they're using like jesus as a scapegoat to not be nice to me i'm like i'm they're doing the same exact okay, thing yeah so i was like you know what uh i'm gonna do the best i can with what i have around me right now because it's it's always gonna be like well I need more money to move out or at this point or if this happens so I was like no fuck it like I I need to do this now so I I had three part time jobs that like were paying me shit I wasn't doing what I wanted to do with my life I was like nineteen and I was like burnt out so I I quit all those jobs and I started making YouTube videos every single day yeah. and it all just like snowballed then you know when I got the call from Stevie and I was already like I just gotta go because like my whole thing was like I just gotta go like they're saying you know you don't like the way we treat you it's like cool I don't I'm gonna leave I'm gonna figure it out because it's like I'd rather have it in my own hands and like be blaming someone else forever and like when's it gonna happen if it's not gonna happen by me so I was like I'm just gonna take the leap there's always gonna be reasons not to do something there's gonna be reasons not to come out not to tell her not to do this but it's like just do it and like you'll figure it out as you go so that's what I did that's, I mean, that sounds like a lot of what you did. That's a lot. Like, ah. um, in going through all of that, and I know it's still like an ongoing process, like uh, being in your twenties, you're still figuring out all the fucking things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of changes. Like, you know, I just turned 23. So this all happened like 2015, like this, like I first came out January, 2015 and I moved out, um, I think in September. So that's fast. Yeah. It's a lot, a big transition quickly. Yeah. And even since then, like, you know, I've been on hormones, I've gone through surgeries, like I uh, have been in and out of like relationships, platonic and not of like figuring out like just who I am and who I want around me. So there's been a lot of changes really quick in my life, just as like a point of reference. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you brought up before, like how, like all these different relationships, have you experienced any gaslighting in other spaces besides just your parents? Yeah. Like friends yeah. or dating around, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. So after I left like my folks house, it was like, I did this and I'm empowered and like, no one can hurt me ever. Cause I learned all these lessons so early. It's that's like, so it's such a young thought to have. I've oh said yeah. That it's, it really like, I, and that's the thing, you know, I, I think I found people that treated me the same way that like my father treated me because it felt safe you know and then when you realize it it's like oh no it's too late but I'm so deep in it and like but you're my safety but you're my family right like I have no one but you like I, I think I have a tendency to like attach myself to people uh and I kind of am in this process of like I continuously have to like unlearn that and be yeah. like no I gotta be I gotta be my own foundation and then I'll find cool people to like be in it but it's like I can't base everything around someone else but that's that's what it is it's all a process and I think that's important to state is like Things can come up again in other ways. Yeah. And it's like life is a work. <laughs> like you don't just suddenly wake up and be like, 
I got all the answers because if you do, I don't trust you when people say shit like that. Yeah. Anyone's like, I know everything. I'm good. Mm, I don't trust you. But like, it's a process and, yeah. and you keep saying like, and then this happened and then this happened. Yeah. And I love that because each day you like learn something new and each day it sounds like you're like, yeah, I thought I had it. Nah, but right now I think I got it. But each time you learn more. Yeah. And with, you know, with every relationship that comes and goes, uh, you learn so much more about yourself, about your needs about what you want about what you don't want and like you know you you even with the negative things you learn from being with someone you learn a lot of positive too and I think like something that I I learned um from growing up was a lot of empathy and a lot of just like understanding people because my parents were both very very different people um dare I say opposites (laughs) but um they worked together in some way <laughs> like they've they've always been together um so it's like i don't know i've been able to see different types of people and also like the way that they both like would accept me or wouldn't accept me it'd just be from polar opposite places so i was able to really learn so i think it's i don't know it also goes into people the way they the way people treat you goes into like their trauma you know so it's like I am able to have a lot of empathy and really understand where people are coming from and not really make excuses for them, but just understand it more. So it like makes me feel a lot less shitty, a lot less blaming, which is thing is something I, I did a lot in my like childhood and in my youth was like blaming myself when people would treat me bad. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh no, it's like, you're not fully okay. So, and also like checking myself and like making sure I'm not treating others the way that like my parents treated me. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I met last year with, um, Nate Phelps, who's the son of Fred Phelps. Who's the guy who started the Westboro Baptist church, uh, who has crazy story. I bet. He left when he was 18. He's like, you people are crazy. <laughs> like had a car in secret, parked it like, you know, in the next neighborhood over. And on the night of his birthday, like packed all the stuff and left and was alienated from his family, except for like a few sisters that ended up leaving the family later on in life. He moved to Canada, was like, I'm so out. And he, he was really telling, was out. <laughs> yeah, we really like left the entire country. And what he was telling me, and he's not gay. He was just like, um, he started being an LGBTQ plus activist though, because you know, of his family. Family and you know an activist for like child abuse because uh, he's like I went through some abusive stuff because of you know my dad's like crazy beliefs and you know he ended up having like how many kids with his wife and he's like I would find myself at times treating them or saying things and I'd be like oh my god that's my dad he's like I hadn't seen my dad in decades but I was raising them like he raised me for whatever reason he's like you have to unlearn a lot of you shit. gotta break the cycle yeah and like yeah. I'm learning that too and like you know also with I don't know, you, you, I think you take in a lot more than you think. And I, I, I think it's, it goes into a transgender experience of like having to really know yourself of like seeing how other people treated me, how seeing other people treated each other. And like, now I'm trying to like, yeah, break away from that. That's beautiful. I'm just like, it's, it's such a cycle. Um, and there's constantly like times where I'm like, that seems like some shit my mom would do. God damn it. How did I? Because we hear that you turn to your parents and it's like, dude, it's like that shit is like real. That's <laughs> scary. Like, I don't want to leave that part. I don't want that part. Um, and as you're going through all of this and like getting to be this human across from me, like, how did you get here? Like, what did your healing or like, what does your healing look like? Damn, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think it's just, um, you know, it's it's meeting new people. It's uh, it's keeping myself open to new experiences and people because that's something that I've always I've always loved and been drawn to. It's just like I don't know the experiences of others and like 
if someone doesn't accept you, like that's cool because there's there's so many more and there's so many people that do. And that's something that really helped me with the internet of like finding so many like-minded people where like in a space where I was very vulnerable and I was like coming out, I had a lot of support. So it was like really nice and a lot of support of like young kids who were going through similar things. Um, so, you know, like touring and stuff, touring the country and like talking to young queer and trans kids and their supportive parents is really emotional and like really draining in a lot of ways, yeah. but also really fulfilling, like super fulfilling because it's like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Or I see myself in like different versions and like I see the growth in me because I see other kids that were in places that I used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nuts. So it's like having other people's healing kind of like help heal you. Yeah. Yeah. And like talking to other parents, like, you know, I've done shows like in Marietta, Georgia, where like, you know, a mom comes in uh, with like five kids and one of them are her kids and the rest of their friends. And she tells the other parents that they're going to see a movie because she just wants them to know that like, we're Mm -hmm. going to some gay shit in Georgia, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's nuts. It's like, it's cool seeing, um, you know, seeing just good people at different ages. Like I remember I had a mom uh, come up to me and was like, you know, my kid coming out has really in- inspired me to figure out like my own identity because your guys' generation is really trying to figure that out, which my generation wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, the younger generation, just it's it just keeps getting, I want to say better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like more hopeful because I do a lot of work with like teens as well. And I'm like, oh gosh, I wish I knew things that y'all know. Mm-hmm. Like even you just being like a few years younger, I'm like, you still had a different experience. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that things. too goes into the internet because it's like yeah. you know, our bubbles popped of like our town we're just having to live in or like the college we happen to go to or like, you know, the house where we grew up in. Uh, and now it's, we have the entire world where like you can find like-minded people. Like you can find them. Like I had so many internet friends that helped me through so much shit. Like uh, one of my first experiences was like with coming out. Um, the next week after I came out and like it didn't go well, I was in Australia because the year before I, or the two years before I made an internet friend, the year before I was like, man, I'll never be able to like meet you because you're in Australia. Then I was like, why can't I? So I saved up like for a year for a plane ticket to go to Australia. And it just happened to be like the week after I just happened to be like pulled out of the closet, I was already going. So that trip really saved me because I was able, it was the first time I was traveling like alone without my parents. And like you were like, I'm getting out of the country. (laughs) Yeah. First time, like first time anything, I literally had a passport I left by myself. I was gone for two weeks, surrounded by queer people in like Sydney, Australia. And, uh, you know, it was like, whoa, my problems are this big. Like there's a whole world out there, people that were, will accept me. And I was able to really turn myself, like just turn off like my mind from like this, like not even the small town, but just from like, I grew up in Orange County. So it's just like the most Repu- Republican part of oh, it's California. A little, it's a little what we call racist out there. A little racist. Yeah. A little racist. Yeah. So I was able to really just like tune the fuck out and like <laughs> go somewhere else where people accepted me and people like didn't know my past and just knew me for me. And I was able to like be like an out person. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. If you could give advice or like support to someone that may be going through this or may go through it when they decide to finally be like, you know what, I'm fucking out. Like, what would you say? I mean, I think, I think you just, you just gotta do it. It's like, there's never, like I said, there's always going to be a reason not to do something. Always an excuse. Yeah. There's always for everything. There's always an excuse 
you just gotta do it. Do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> there will always be people to tell you why you shouldn't. And I think, that, you know, going into the theme of gaslighting, there's always gonna be people making you feel bad for wanting to do what you wanna do. Just do it. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing else. There's, there will always be people to support you, even if you can't recognize them right now, even if you can't, like, I don't know, I'll have really low days where I'm like, I have no one, no one will hang out with me, like, I don't know what to do, and I literally just go through, like, my contacts on my phone, and, like, the person that you think, oh, well, I couldn't call them, call them. Call that person. Mm. Like, there's always people there. So just do it. <laughs> That's right. You heard him. Just do it. So I, I'm just so thankful. And I hope that like people hear this and they're like, just do it. Okay. Okay. Miles said I can do it. Miles did it. Maybe we can do it kind of thing and feel inspired. Um, and so I just appreciate you. And before you leave and we get into the resources, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Ooh, yes. (laughs) Um, my YouTube is miles chronicles and uh, my Instagram is the Miles McKenna, and my Twitter is the Miles McKenna. Yeah. And you can hit me up on Instagram. I do a lot of like Q and A stuff with like in the trans world and like the gender space. So like self love, all that stuff. Hit me up. Yeah. And as promised, we have our three resources. So the first one's going to be 1-800-runaway.org. If you're thinking about leaving home or you have and are seeking information and help, the Safe Line is one of the top resources for runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth and their families. And the second, we have a book by Simon Lindstrom called Codependency, Loves Me, Loves Me Not. In this book, you will learn how to cultivate healthy relationships, overcome relationship jealousy, stop controlling others, and move past codependency. If you've had difficulty with starting or maintaining relationships, issues with feeling jealous and possessive, or find that you and your connections with others are more a resource of distress than anything else, this book is for you. And last but not least, The Language of Letting Go, Daily Meditations by Melody Betty. Written for those of us who struggle with codependency, these daily meditations offer growth and renewal and remind us that the best thing we can do is take care of ourselves and responsibility for our own self-care. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for sitting down and listening with us, to us, and I hope you were able to take something away. Until the next time. Support for Trauma Queen brought to you by BetterHelp and, of course, you. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter, just click the link in any podcast episode description to support. Support our work. We are queer. We are trans. We are Black. We are POC. We are survivors. Our recommended donation is $9.99, but you can donate for as low as $0.99 a month. And as always, I have to give a shout out to the people that make this podcast what it is. And we can all be found on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S, engineered and edited by Andy Alseri, A-N-D-Y-A-L-S-E-R-I, produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika. J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A.